This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. How you doing? Hope you're well. Thanks for downloading this show. It's time to preview some fights. This is where Nick gets a little bit giddy about Vasily Lomachenko and he explains to us why he loves him so much. He doesn't fight with his face because he doesn't need to. He's too good on his he feet. He doesn't fight with his face. That should be our sub. That should be the subtitle to everything that we do. He defends punches with his face. Exactly. Doesn't do he doesn't that. need to. He, he doesn't, doesn't fight with to. his face, man. Doesn't do that. In our opinion, after the weekend, it has to be something massive for Terry Flanagan. You know what wouldn't surprise me? That's that's got you know that's a that's a Frank Warren fight written all over it. Frank loves doing that. You know when there's a, when there's a rivalry in one city. And a guy gets I'll beat. pay you more, son. I'll exactly. pay you more. Get your ass over it's here. Like you've been here. You've beat the guy that was supposed to be his rival. We're going to bring you back because our guy is going to beat you to prove that he's better. You know, it, all that kind of story goes on that narrative. Big performance Saturday night. Would not surprise me if they announced in the ring on Saturday or, you know, post fight. And I'm sure you know by now two of the fights that were on the Cardiff bill are not going to be happening. The circumstances around one of those fights is disgusting. Some proper scumbags um, out on the streets attacked Ahmet Patterson with a brick. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome to episode 54 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. If you don't subscribe already, please do so. Hit the subscribe button. It's very simple to do. Just check us out on iTunes. Hit subscribe, write us a little review. Then you're part of the community. You're in the team. Uh, You will get two boxing podcasts uh, per week minimum uh, and we do one on Thursdays if you're into the world of UFC as well so there's three for you every week and they're all absolutely free uh, on Fridays it's all yep. about the preview of the uh, upcoming boxing coming up this weekend and we've got lots to talk about man because we've got more Friday night boxing we've got two lots of it uh, Saturday night boxing one of which is international I'm chomping at the mic here I'm and, chomping at the mic and one of which is obviously involving Nick's favourite fighter at this moment in time the greatest in the world. Do, do you know what? Everybody's got that mate, yeah. Everybody's got that mate that says, "Oh, I saw this guy in the amateurs, right?" They, they, everybody's got that mate who, "Oh, yeah, we're hanging out with him in the Olympics." All this type of shit, yeah. Nick's that guy with Vasily Lomachenko. <laughs> we will get, we will get to all that in a minute. I just want to talk about Cardiff first of all, and I want to start with my boy from Manchester, from Ancourt, Terry Flanagan, back in action, fourth defence of his WBA uh, WBO crown. Sorry, uh, he's taking on Orlando Cruz. Now, a lot of people might not necessarily know too much about Orlando Cruz. He, he came to my light. This is going to sound really random, right? He came to my light because of all the press around him about being openly gay. Yeah. He, he uh, um, had a world title attempt, I think, was it in 2013? And it was billed around, and I found this a little bit unfair that it was billed around this, but it was billed around him becoming the first ever openly gay world champion. That's how they were selling it in the States. Yeah, That's where he came to my attention. Obviously, he failed at that particular attempt. He's now got a second attempt uh, taking on Terry Flanagan. I'll be honest with you. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Terry Flanagan will flatten him. I really do. Because I think he's he's right. Okay, since I've watched George Linares up close, maybe he's not the best on the planet at this moment in time, Terry Flanagan. But if he comes through this, surely he's he's got to be lining himself up for a... Jorge Linares showdown in Manchester at some point next year because it's imperative that he gets the big fights now. No, with this BT deal for Terry Flanagan, this could be the the, the catapult moment. He's been on Box Nation and not a lot of people would yeah. have known about him. With this BT deal, this is the time now for Terry Flanagan to go, 
hey, motherfuckers, I'm here, and I'm the bollocks. Yeah, exactly. You know, and he can really sell himself. You know, we're, obviously, we're, we're big fans of Box Nation. Uh, I think what Frank, Frank Warren and the team have done with Box Nation has been sensational. You know, but uh, let's be honest, this just opens a whole new, you know, array of fans coming onto BT Sport. And, and it's people like Teddy Flanagan more than anybody else that are going to be massively benefit from it as well. Like Liam Smith, people like that are going to get massive benefit from this much greater exposure. Because as you say then, Teddy Flanagan's, you know, one of the most accomplished world champions of the... I think we've probably only got about 12 now, haven't we? But the dozen only, or, only. Uh, we've know, only got, we've only got 12. 12 left in the UK. Well, you know, uh, of the 12 we've got left, Terry's probably the most accomplished and the most, you know, he's he just seems to be getting better and better and better. And yet most people on the street who would call themselves fight fans, by the way, wouldn't have a clue Terry Flanagan is because his career's generally been built on Box Nation, which is a shame. So it's great that this guy is going to have the platform of BT Sport to really sell his ways on. Mm. Obviously, you know, first of all, he's got to get through. He's got to get through his opponents on on Saturday night. And listen, when you're a world champion, you don't get handed anybody. You know, the guy's going to come. The guy's going to know that this is his opportunity to live his dream. You know, it doesn't get any bigger than a world title fight. You know, and this guy's going to come and and throw everything but the kitchen sink at a Flanagan on Saturday night. Do I think he'll win? No, I don't. You know, I don't think he's. I don't think he's as good as Teddy Flanagan or in the same league. But I'll tell you what, he'll come and throw everything but the kitchen sink at him. So. Teddy's got to be on his game. This is the problem when you get to, when you become a world champion, you've got to be right on. You bang on your game again. Bellew, Tony Bellew talked about it with his last defense. Mm. Most most people didn't know who that was. You know, most people did associate that guy with being David A's sparring partner. But I tell you what, he came and he gave everything he had, and uh, okay, he got put out of there. But these guys, once you get to this level, there's there's no quitting you. There's nothing. You've got nothing to lose. You've come all this way. You know your career is built towards this moment, and I think uh, I think Terry Flanagan's just got to be on his A game. If he's on his A game Saturday night. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah. So uh, Cruz doesn't land a glove on him. You know, I think it's a I think it's a one sided fight, and I'd like to see Terry. Uh, you know, he's had a couple of points decisions now against Farner, against Derry Matthews. Yeah. I'd like to see a stoppage again. Well, get back to the table, Terry. That that's it. Builds, got him to a world title fight. Well, that's it. That Farner fight that you just mentioned there, right? I think that was actually in Cardiff. And it, it, it didn't really ignite for me. I watched no. it and I was like, he's just going through the motions a little bit. It was a little bit of a sluggish performance. Derry Matthews' fight, really enjoyed it, mainly because of the connections that we've got with Derry. But yeah. I thought Terry was brilliant, master of distance that night. I thought he was really, really good. Um, however, you, I think you bang on, mate. I think what he has to, I think he's got to be explosive. I think he's got yeah. to come out the traps and he's got to show us, that, like what you just said, his, his, his nickname is Turbo Terry Flanagan. He's got to come out there and blow this kid away. And I think if he does that, it's very hard then to avoid a conversation where you, 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 you're talking about, okay, Anthony Crollin might argue with us about this, about Jorge Linares, because that fight was a great fight and I thought Anthony did brilliantly against Jorge Linares. But Terry Flanagan needs a big one. He, he needs a unification fight. He needs to be going after your big boys. Yeah, Jorge Linares is the boy in that division at this moment in time. Why would Terry Flanagan be looking anywhere else other than Jorge Linares? We know that Linares will come to Manchester, you know, so put him in with the WBO champ. You know what wouldn't surprise me? That's that's got you know that's a that's a Frank Warren fight written all over it. Frank loves doing that. You know when there's a when there's a rivalry in one city, and a guy gets I'll beat. I'll pay you more, son. I'll exactly. pay you more. Get your ass over it's here. Like you've been here. You've beat the guy that was supposed to be his rival. We're going to bring you back because our guy is going to beat you to prove that he's better. You know it, all that kind of story goes on that narrative. Big performance Saturday night would not surprise me if they announced in the ring on Saturday or you know post fight. 
uh, if when he got Warren ringside, if he says, right, we're going to bring Linares over, we're going to see who's the best in the world. Wouldn't surprise me at all because, you know, if, if Flanagan puts in a big performance, a big confidence-building knockout performance on Saturday, why not, man? You listen, Crawler did it. Mm. Crawler went for it. There to be great. You know, yeah, we, t- yeah. we say how many times this year have we used that phrase, there to be great? Terry, go for it, man. You be, be the world number one. What is he now? 32 and 0, 33 and 0, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't need to wait around anymore. He's the world champ. This is his fourth defence. He needs those big money fights now, doesn't he? We, we speak about this all the time. It's about setting yourself up. Your family's got a young family. It's about setting yourself up, man. Go on, go and get that big boy. Exactly. And the beauty of it is, obviously, because, you know, most of Manchester, was, certainly the fight fans, were in. The arena when uh, Lunares obviously for Crawler. Yeah, it's the same set of fans. That's what I mean. So it's the same people. So they know how good Lunares is. They know what he's capable of. That's why it sells so easy. So and Terry, you know, he, does he sell great in Manchester? You, you would suspect not because his last three fights. This is the second time in Cardiff he came to Liverpool to fight Terry yeah. Matthews. He's obviously not a huge ticket seller in Manchester yet. And you know, that's certainly not about his ability or his popularity. I think it's just down to the fact that his career has been built on Box Nation and it's tougher to build a big following on Box Nation because it's obviously it's a pay-per-view subscription service for hardcore fans. That will change long-term. We've spoke about that. But this opportunity against Linares that people from Manchester have seen fight Crawler know how good he is. They go, right, Flanagan against Linares back at Manchester Arena. People are just going to go, oh... We've heard of Flanagan, obviously. We heard him mentioned alongside Crawler. How good is he then? Could he, If he beats this Lenardo, you've got people talking. You've got people buying tickets. And suddenly, Turbo Teddy goes from being a world champion on the road to a world champion who's building something back home in Manchester, selling lots of tickets at Manchester Arena and doing something, really moving forward. And doing it on mainstream TV with his BT deal. Exactly. Don't get me wrong. Listen, we know it's a risk. Lenardo is the number one. We know it's a risk. But let the other way to look at it is this. It's a it's kind of a win-win. Because if he loses to Linares, who does he fight next, Adam? Anthony Crawler, baby. Exactly. <laughs> so then you've got the whole of Manchester together. You sell it, you sell the place out. Listen, he's done it. Terry Flanagan's a world champion. We've spoke about this before as well. He's a world champion. Now, it's not about becoming a world champion. You've done that. Now it's about making money, benefiting financially from your gifts as a fighter and your ability. Your biggest fight out there next is Linares. Manchester. You win Saturday night, Linares, Manchester Arena, unification fight. Frank Warren can make that happen, definitely, live on BT Sport. You win that fight, wow, stratosphere, you're the world number one. You lose that fight, right, Mr. Crawler, me and you in the final eliminated. Whoever wins, go jump straight back into world title class. We sell out the arena, we earn a ton of It's It's a no-brainer, isn't it? Uh, also on that card, Tom Stoker's back in action. Big Tom, uh, mate. With, yeah, with the trilogy. I mean, we've seen these uh, fights previously. Um, it's a big night for Tom. I think he, he he needs again another. He seems he seems to he went off not off the rails. That's the wrong way. He just went off the track a little bit, and now he's coming back round to a, st- a situation where it's a big night for him Saturday night. If he if he does the business uh, on Saturday night, people are going to start talking about him seriously again. Yeah. I, I love Tom Stoker. And yeah, he comes across as a top kid. Anyone that knows him, he's, he's an absolute diamond and a lovely family man. And, you know, I'm glad you corrected yourself there because he hasn't gone off the way. This kid is so focused. Yeah. Laser focused. I remember him when he was a kid growing up and uh, it was actually his younger, it was his brother Jamie was the better boxer, believe it or not. Jamie was by far a better boxer than Tom. Uh, 
But Tom kind of, because Jamie was in love with the gym, they were both training up in Heighton in Liverpool, and Jamie was the one that was knocking on the door for England, that was winning junior titles and things like that, and Tom was just like the, the older brother that kind of came along later on, didn't have half as much ability, but loved it. Loved the gym. You couldn't get him out the gym. And obviously, as as Jamie grew up and, and it's his teenage years, he like so many talented kids do. You find out there's other things in life apart from just boxing. Mm. Tom didn't. Tom was just like you just wouldn't leave it alone. And he, he may not have had all the ability in the world, but he wouldn't leave it alone. And t- you know, this is a kid who went on to captain England at the Olympic Games. What an incredible story for him. The thing with Tom is in the pro ranks, and, and Tom will admit this and. Every fighter we've had fighters on the show who come in and go, yeah, well, like big pricey. I haven't got the best chin in the world, but I've got a great right hand. Blah blah. Uh, my only thing with Tom is only sure for with Tom is that power. You know, he just lacks yeah. a little bit of power. Now I know Danny Vaughan in his corner, all the MGM crew, they're working tirelessly to try and add that power. It's all about timing at the end of the day, but he just hasn't got the natural power that would set him apart, you know, move and, and jump him forward, if you like. But I love this fight with Craig, Ed- Craig Evans. You know, I think obviously, two draws against the same opponent <laughs> for the same belt. It's just mental, isn't it? Yeah. Talk about evenly matched. You know, these guys just must be like, like twins. They should check the DNA, maybe, you know what I mean? <laughs> check that they weren't separated at birth because they just, they, they just cancel it. What do we do on, what do we do Saturday night in Cardiff, Adam, if this is another draw? Oh, mate. You know they've already they've already fought for this belt twice before. This is the third time they're going to fight for this WBO European lightweight belt, and two previous times he went to a split decision draw. So you know it's a uh, but good on them both. You know the good thing is hopefully they're both making some good money. The winner obviously moves forward and potentially get a you know a full European title shot or even a, a shot at the WBO mm. lightweight champion we just talked about it then I think unfortunately for both Craig and Tom I think they lack a little bit of power at that world title level but these things can come that's the one to be honest I'm looking forward to that fight again you're listening to the fight disciples podcast now of course me and Nick wanted to get stuck in and talk about Billy John Saunders and his uh, WBO middleweight title defense against Arthur Akov however that fight, as I'm sure you're fully aware by now, has been postponed for one week. It's not been a good year, 2016, for Billy Joe. He hasn't been in action at all since he became world champion in December of last year. Injuries, pulling out of fights, calling people out for fun. He's not been inside the ropes. This is only delayed by a week. It's not his fault, this one. Uh, we are led to believe by Frank Warren uh, that Akov's medical paperwork was in Russian resulting in a delay in getting it translated and forcing the fight to be postponed uh, until December the 3rd. They're going to have to go up to Scotland, to Paisley, in order to fight. If, you're a, if, you're, if you've got a ticket for that card, you lucky devils. You've got my namesake in action, Jack Catterall, who's absolutely top class. You've got Paul Butler in action, who's unbelievable. And now you've got Billy Joe Saunders in a world title fight. Well done you. However, if you go to Cardiff, you've still got a world title fight in Terry Flanagan, of course. You're just missing out. Uh, on Billy Joe. But are you surprised? You probably expected this fight to be off with the way that he's been going in uh, 2016. I'm not going to go too much into it because obviously the fight's happening next week because we'll we'll have a proper chat about Billy Joe Saunders and this particular fight on next week's preview show if indeed it is going ahead uh, in Scotland. So I'm going to leave it there. However, one thing that I want to say is Frank Warren, you know that I love you. You know I can't get enough of what you're doing. This deal with BT Sport, I absolutely love it. And I wish it every single success. However, there has been a few too many administrative errors that have led to the breakdown of fights 
that have been on your watch. Whoever's in charge of the paperwork at your gaff, sack them. Get somebody in there that's competent. We had, obviously, the Rigo and Jazza Dickens thing earlier on this year. We've now got this. Come on. Let's get it sorted. We want the fights. You want the fights. Let's get somebody in place that makes sure that the I's are crossed. I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. You know what I'm saying? It's not been a good week, if I'm honest, for this particular card because it was... It, it, I mean, everybody knew what was happening on the card and were dead excited about it. It's still a good card. There's still good fights on this particular card, not more so than what we've just been talking about with Terry Flanagan. However, you will also know, I'm sure by now, that the Liam Williams... Armet Patterson fight was called off on Monday night of this week because of something absolutely terrible. Some proper scumbags um, out on the streets attacked Armet Patterson with a brick. Seriously, I don't know if you've seen this story. Go and Google it. Armet Patterson was doing a little bit of uh, road work, getting a final run in uh, before obviously he started the press this week. Uh, three lads attacked him, one of them hit him with a brick and he's had to pull out the fight, which is absolutely heartbreaking because I think everybody in Wales was looking forward to this fight. Liam Williams, one of their own against this kid, Pat- Cake the first. The winner of that was being billed to go on to fight Liam Smith. You know, that's how big this fight was at at, at uh, 154. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I'm gutted that that fight is not happening. Liam Smith is still in action, by the way. He's got another opponent. Um, but Amit Patterson, I wish you all the best in your recovery, mate. And hopefully you haven't missed out on this opportunity because that is unfair if it happens. And I hope the scumbags that did this to you get caught and they get chucked away in a, in a cell, mate. I think it's absolutely disgusting. Um, but as I said, on the Billy Joe Saunders situation, we'll talk about that more on next week's preview show. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Now, for the discerning fight fan that uh, isn't partying on a Friday night, there's a little bit of action for you. Again, you know, if you listen to us on a regular basis, you know how much of a fan I am of the Friday night fight game, mainly because I've got two young kids in my house and I don't go out. Uh, so, that, so that's how I like to roll. Friday night, Box Nation. Uh, Brentwood is the destination. I'll tell you something, he's cornered the market this weekend, there's Frank Warren. There ain't yep. anybody watching anything else anywhere. I know that there's uh, a matchroom card on, but we haven't talked about it because there's no reason to talk about it. You've got... Saturday night action in Cardiff, which is looking amazing. And then you've got um, tonight, early, Friday night action. Yeah, and then early Sunday morning. Yeah, and then early Sunday morning, like you said. But tonight in Brentwood, um, Bradley Skeet is in there, British welterweight champion, uh, taking on John Thane. I don't know too much about John Thane, um, but I know a lot about Bradley Skeet, mainly because he went up against uh, Sam Eggington and put on one heck of a performance. Yeah. Now, my only question with this, it's a great card, by the way. You've got Boy Jones Jr. A lot of people are making noise out of him in Essex. Uh, Harley Ben, uh, Connor's younger brother, Nigel's youngest son, um, in action, making his uh, professional debut. We've all heard about Anthony Yard, who um, made his debut in the States recently with a fantastic knockout. He's on this card as well. So there's enough for people to get excited about uh, in Brentwood. But one thing I've got about Bradley Skeet, right? He is the British welterweight champion. My question to you, and, and you're, you're an oracle of, 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 of historical boxing, right? How big of a deal is winning the Lonsdale belt outright? Especially when you're ranked highly in the IBF, you're ranked highly in the WBO. He seems to be focusing purely on getting his three defences of this particular belt in order to win it outright, rather than saying, right, I'm ranked highly in the IBF, let's go and have it. IBF is obviously Kel Brook's division. Yeah, because if you win it, you keep it. You know, if you if you make but three isn't that big of a deal? Yeah, but you've won it. Any, you've won it 
anywhere. Have you seen man. it? Have you, see, have you yeah, seen a British? Of course, it's a good-looking belt. The Lonsdale, Lonsdale, Lonsdale belt, belt. Yeah. is the best-looking belt in all of boxing. If you ask any British amateur now what be- you know what belt they'd love on their mantelpiece, they would all say a British title belt. They would all say a British title belt because it's gorgeous. It's the best-looking. But is it that big of a deal of if it holds up? Maybe going at Kelbrook. No, because it doesn't hold up Kelbrook because he ain't going to get a fight with Kelbrook. So yeah, that's fair I think to, to get one of those on his mantelpiece, first and foremost, he's probably thinking, pick up the experience, you know, before he moves on to world title level. I get it, man. I get why he's fighting for his defending his British title belt. Listen, I'm old school. You know, I, I, I love it when the guys go Central area or Midlands, you know, go domestic <laughs> region. Then they go on to English title level, then British, then Commonwealth, then European, then world title level. I love it when a fight goes old school like that and goes right through because I think you can't can't beat that kind of experience. You know when you get, you know you get to domestic, you, you you prove you're the best in your area, then you prove you're the best in England, then you may fight a guy from the Caribbean or from Africa for a Commonwealth belt, different type of opponents, then European level, Eastern European or something like that. I I just don't think you can put a price on things like that. I think sometimes when guys get so wrapped up in chasing a world title belt, suddenly when you get in against a, a foreign opponent, the only guys you've fought are, dom- are domestic guys or you know the odd shipped in dodgy Russian with a dodgy record. So I, t- I think it's it's worth its weight in gold. I get why Bradley Skeet's doing it this weekend. And uh, to be honest, I think he wins He wins, He wins. wins tonight. I think he retains that belt. And tell you what, the Skeet household would look a whole lot better this Christmas with a nice gold... <laughs> British title belt on the wall because that's built staying. It there you go. Anywhere. I've been shot down, man. I've been shot down. There'll be people listening to the show going, "Yeah, them shut the fuck up, man. It's a beautiful <laughs> belt. He wants it for Christmas." <laughs> and maybe I'm just greedy. I chase the big one. I, that's what I. That's what I do. I go. I go for the stars first, and then maybe fall back down and uh, and come and play around in the British the uh, welterweight division. It's a good opponent for him as well. To be honest with you, you know, I, I like John Thane. He's a nice kid and. Um, you know, he's he's had to do it the hard way. He deserves this British title belt. You know, I think this is his first shot at any belt. Mm. Um, but he, he's forever been a you know a, a mid card fighter. I'm glad that he's getting an opportunity here to to headline a big card and get a big opportunity like this. I think it's probably a stretch too far. I do like Bradley Skeet. I think he's got a lot of ability. But uh, you know, good on him. You know, good on John Thane. I hope we I hope we, I hope we get a belter tonight. To be honest with you, but I, I'd be surprised if that belt goes anywhere. But back to Casa del Skeet. <laughs> Just like to confirm as well, the three lads that I mentioned at the start of this, uh, Boyd Jones Jr., talented, Harley Ben. Don't know much about him, it's his professional debut, but he's a Ben, so he's going to have something about him, isn't he? Yeah, looking uh, forward to that. And Anthony Yard from last time out, this boy can absolutely bang. So make sure you check it out. If, you, if you're like me and a bit boring and stay in on Friday nights, get yourself in front of Box Nation and have a little bit of a nausea at this. It should be a cracker from Brentwood. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Now then, um, I apologise for what is about to happen on the show. Yes, we've talked about Saturday night in Cardiff. We've talked about tonight in Brentwood. Uh, in the early hours of Sunday morning, if you if you can stay awake, do so. If you have to skip other fights in order to see this, do so, because this could be the fight of the year. Maybe I'm going a little bit over to the top. I'm sure we're going to have that debate now, uh, because for the next 20 minutes, I'm not going to speak. It's going to be Nick <laughs> talking about his boy, the man that he met when he was a young grasshopper. When he was starting out in his amateurs, doing the business, he came to fight in your home city, didn't he, my friend? And you fell in love with him. He sure did. He boxed in Liverpool. Liverpool hosted the European Championships and Vasily Lomachenko was the best boxer I have ever seen 
hands down. You know what? It was at a place called Greenbank Sports Centre, which is as big and glamorous as it sounds. <laughs> you know, it's just a proper little sports centre at the end of a day track road. And uh, it was crazy because you got in there and there was, you know, it was literally just the fighters and, you know, 100, 100 hardcore boxing fans, if you like. If that, you know, it just there wasn't a big turnout there. This was the early rounds I'm talking about, not the the finals were in a bit more of a prestigious location. How old was rounds. it? How old was he, do you reckon, when you when you so, saw him? I think by then, I think he'd already won an Olympic medal. Yeah, he'd already he's won two, his first, he's, he's won already, two. Yeah, I think he'd already won his first gold medal, as far as I know. So he must have been mid-20s, right. I'd say. You know, like 22, 23, something like that. Maybe a little bit older. But he, he, he boxed that night, and uh, this was, it, as I say, in the early rounds... And straight away, you know, obviously there was a, being a fight fan, you knew he was coming over. You knew this Olympic medalist was going to be boxing in Liverpool. And, you know, I, I had to go down and just see this guy fight in the flesh. But my Lord, it just, it kind of blew me away that an amateur of that level, of that age, had so much more ability than everybody else. Because I know, you know, I knew some of the England team at the time. I knew how hard they trained and how exciting as prospects they were and how good the ability was. I think Tom Stalker, actually, funnily enough, was was it was at that European Championships. So I'd known Tom. I'd known how hard he'd win everything else. But listen, nobody in that tournament, regardless of weight class, looked, moved, punched, uh, game plan, you know, just everything about mm. Lomachenko just stood out. You just, you just knew watching him live. You thought, "Wow, that's the best. This is the best I've ever seen. This, this is the pinnacle of amateur boxing. You, you cannot get any better than this." And that's so approved as well because obviously, you know, he, he went on and won a second gold. He won, obviously he cruised the gold at that yeah. European Championships. He went on and won a second gold medal at the Olympics. Yeah. And then turn pro, and he's eating up the pro division. Well, let's and talk it, about that, man. Let's, yeah, because that's what he's doing this weekend. It's a pro fight. We'll get on his opponent in a minute because it's not a gimme. I know that we're going massive Lomachenko. We're going Loma Loma Lomachenko, yeah. But yeah. it's not a gimme this weekend, and it's probably his toughest test. We'll get to Walters in a minute. <clears throat> yeah, but to be a yeah, two, but to be a two weight world champion, and this this weekend is only his eighth professional fight. He's six and one. He's lost one of his fights as well. He's yeah. a two-weight world champion and he's lost one of his fights. All right, he got stunk out a little bit. I think he got a bit of a dodgy decision. Yeah. But that that is unreal, mate. That is unreal. And this goes back to maybe two or three shows ago when you were saying, stop pissing about when people come out the Olympics. Stop messing about, giving them a blooming bin, bin man or a taxi driver. No offence to any bin men or taxi drivers. Giving them one of them from Russia to ease them in at the start of their career. Get them in at British title level straight away and and because they're ready they're ready to be fast-tracked to superstardom all right Lomachenko might be a bit of a freak because he's unbelievable but to be a two-weight world champion and you've not even had your eighth fight yet it's just unreal yeah it, it's outstanding and it, it, but it doesn't surprise me as I say when I seen him as an amateur I knew it, I was watching something a bit special so I just love the fact that he's re he's tore up the script though he's turned pro and gone nah I don't need 10, 20 fights before a world title fight. I don't need that. I'm better than that. I want a world title fight. I know he wanted a world title fight in his first fight. I think he ended up getting an interim world title fight in his first fight. The second fight was for the full world title. As you say, he lost. To be honest, I watched that fight. I thought he did lose. It was a really close decision. But he probably just, he lacked a little bit of experience down the stretch. You know, this is, he'd done doing 12 rounds for the first time yeah. in his second pro fight. But he, he, he was anything but 
outclassed, you know, and that's obviously why the, the, the fight happened again. He won the world title fight, and then he moves up to a second weight class to win a second world title fight, the, a second world title belt. The guy's. Yes, he is a freak. Yes, he is something incredibly special. And yes, you've got to record it on the early hours of Sunday morning and watch this guy just to see how special he is. But he's more fighters need to take note of that. More world-class amateurs need to take note and go, yeah, mm. I don't need, like Luke Campbell, I don't need to fight 15 fights before I get Derry Matthews. Well, the you Ukrainians know, I, I, are setting the way, aren't they? Ukraine is setting the way with that. Lomachenko, Usyk, these guys, the world champions before the 10th fight. Exactly. Take, take note, like you've just said. It's insane, you know, and, uh, and more fighters need to be doing that as well. More fighters need to be putting their promoters under a bit more pressure. Listen, listen, uh, I've already built them up. There's only one Vasily Lomachenko. I'm not saying, you know, amateur guys. <laughs> They'll be singing that in Vegas at the weekend. There's only one <laughs> Lomachenko. <laughs> exactly. I would be if I was there, I know that. Uh, but most amateurs, if you're a world-class amateur, if you've boxed for, you know, boxed in the Olympic Games or World Championships or whatever, you do not need 10 nobodies before you get a sniff of a title fight. You should be asking for a British title fight, a domestic title fight, first fight. Because you don't need it. You're just slowing yourself down. Especially if you're in your mid-twenties anyway. Just push on, man. Go for it. Push on. And I just love the way the Vlomachenko has proved that it can be done. It can be done. And again, this weekend, listen though, hats off. Walters is a tough guy. This is as tough as the opponents. It may be his eighth fight and it's not a lot to say, oh, it's as tough as one in eight fights. This is a tough opponent. This guy is absolutely no joke. He looked awesome. Smashed Nito De Nero at one point was one of the best power yeah. fighters on the planet. Smashed him to bits, you know, twice. So at the end of the day, this guy's a quality opponent. He can certainly bang. And he's Jamaican, man. Everybody loves a Jamaican. Yeah, exactly. And he's tough. He's tough and he will keep coming. And he won't. But this is the thing. This is the thing with Lomachenko. His footwork he's, is he's too good. Un. Unbelievable. Yeah, he's too good, man. Unbelievable. As a boxer in any weight division, there I, there isn't anybody I've seen that's got footwork like Lomachenko. Yeah. So that's, I think you're going to allude, allude to it. Even though Walters is a huge puncher, massive at this weight class, 26 wins, 21 knockouts. He puts people to sleep. Will he be able to land? That's the question. Listen, we, I don't have, as a rule in my house... I don't have reality TV. I'm not into reality. When the wife goes to bed, I flick a little bit of the ultimate fighter and I've got to be honest, don't tell her that. But I don't have reality TV. I don't have this strictly come dancing nonsense spoiling my weekends when there's fights to be watched. Let me tell you that. But she flicked it on at the weekend and she's getting, I said, all right, whatever. You know, obviously I'm, I, there's a lot of fights on this weekend. You crack on. She's got it going in the background. Oh, yeah, but, and she's trying to explain to me why ballroom dancing, I should be entertained by it. It's nonsense. But this guy's floating around anyway. And she went, look, but look at the footwork on him. Well, talk about opening the floodgates. I said, footwork, footwork, you call that footwork. So I get on my phone, I get to Facebook up. Flicking through, finds Vasily Lomachenko's fan pit. I said, look at that. That's footwork. Look at that. And he's slipping shots. Comparing it to some kid on Strictly Come Dancing (laughs) in sequins. They do it in the the States, don't they? Dancing with the Stars. Dancing with the Stars. He'll be on that shit too. I tell you now, Lomachenko would win that hands down. (laughs) Hands down. But... When he's, when he's minced the super featherweight division and maybe got himself a super fight with Manny Pacquiao, pack it in, son. Get yeah. yourself on TV. Get him on Dancing with the Stars. And get you on Dancing with the Stars, Make a yeah. fortune. But that footwork, you see, means he's never there when you think he's going to be there. 
he's completely he moves his lateral movements everything about him is just sensational and I think Walters is going to find that out the hard way at the weekend these big hitters these big punches Lomachenko has been feeding on people like this his entire almost his entire pro career it's only eight fights long but his entire career because what you do against a guy that's the best technician you've ever fought, you've mm-hmm. got to try and bomb him out. You load your shots up. You hope to get lucky. Lomachenko's used to that. He's used to having people come in the gym and just trying to bingo him because no one can live with him technically. So they just try and bingo him. This is his bread and butter. The axe man is his bread and butter. Lomachenko will not be there to be hit. He'll have his hands by his waist. He'll be golden Walters in. Listen, I'm going to tell you now, Lomachenko is going to knock him out at the weekend. Ooh. He will win by knockout down the stretch. Well, with that then, let's say he doesn't. I'm going to keep this quite open. Where will the winner of this fight rank pound for pound? Uh, obviously, for, for Walters... Because we just uh, we just had Kovalev one. I mean, this is yes. a treat. If you're a Vegas, if you're a Vegas fight fan and you live in Vegas, and you think oh, I can do two two weekends on the spin. You've just got yeah. the Kovalev one and had a scream. Amazing. Because to be fair, it, it still lived up to it, even though we're all t- talking about the debate of the result at the end of it. And then the weekend after, just up the road down the strip, you've got uh, Vasily Lomachenko and Nicholas Walters in action. Again, two fantastic super featherweights with, with incredible records. Whether it be a, a, a young career or a, a person that's twenty six. Um, 26 fights into his career. Both of these could have an argument if they win at the weekend to be boosted into the top 10 pound-for-pound rankings. Yeah, well, certainly Lomachenko's right in that Well, Lomachenko, for me, will go to top five. Has to go to top five. Well, for me, he's number one already. For me, Lomachenko's (laughs) the best boxer on the planet. You won't hear a bad word against him, will you? (laughs) The kid is the best boxer on the planet, bar none. He is the number one in my eyes. Absolutely head and shoulders. Because he's the business, you know. And I know we started the started this year. I was kind of saying, well, it could be him. It could be. Listen, I'm going to nail my flag to the mast. Lomachenko is the number one pound for pound boxer on the planet, and I think does a number over Walters at the weekend. I think Manny Pacquiao. Pacquiao would be a fool to fight Lomachenko because I think Lomachenko would not only school him. I think he would stop him as well. Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> so excited. Kid is the business. So, regarding my question then, he goes to number one in the pound for pound rankings. Let's yes. say he gets bingoed off Walters. Where does Walters go? Because he's not in the top 10 at the moment. No, of course he's not. No, because, uh, you know, obviously at the moment he's he's, he's an exciting prospect and he's a massive puncher, but he hasn't had the kind of press or the media attention no. that Lomachenko And he's only really fought Nonita Denaire. That's all, he's, that's all he's really fought. Exactly. It? But don't get me wrong, as I say, Nonito Denaire was a pound for pound rank fighter. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Know? And, and but regarding Lomachenko, I mean, he, bought, he beat Russell Jr., he beat Martinez, I mean, he, he beats Walters at weekend. That's three top-class fighters in eight fights, mate. That's what that is. Exactly. To be honest with you, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Lomachenko done a number at the weekend on Walters, because, listen, this is a guy after eight fights, he's already defending his second world title belt. Wouldn't surprise me if at all if he said, right, OK, listen, Manny, you want, you want the fight you talk, you're saying that you can, do, you can do super feather? You don't have to come all the way down here. I'll meet you at lightweight. I'll meet you in the middle. Wouldn't surprise me if he called Manny out and said, let's do it at lightweight. Let's do it, let's do it there. Dirt. Because that's the thing with Lomachenko is he believes he's the best pound for pound. I believe he's the best pound for pound. A lot of fans believe he's the be- potentially the best pound for pound, but he needs bigger fights. Nicholas Walters is an incredible opponent, tough, tough guy, massive puncher. But he's not a huge... He's not Manny Pacquiao. He's not the name, yeah. He's not a name. And that's what we're lacking. That's what he is lacking 
in this super featherweight division. He's lacking a name. He's lacking a Andre Ward against Kovalev opponent where you're mm. like, wow, you know, basically he does a big number on Walters at the weekend. It's like, well, yeah, well, Lomachenko, yeah, well, you, you're the best in that division. No, there's no other big names in that division. Manny Pacquiao is that name. Is Manny going to come all the way down to Super Feather to fight him? I can't see it. But if Lomachenko calls him out and says, listen, Manny, I'll meet you at Lightweight, buddy. Let's do it. My God, it could happen. It could actually happen because Manny needs a big name as well because Floyd ain't going to fight Manny. I don't. Well, is Floyd going to come back and fight Manny? We don't know. Obviously, that's the, that's the golden goose fight in terms of Manny Pacquiao. But Lomachenko is a great fight in the interim if, if he can make it at Lightweight, I think. I'm... Regarding the fight of the year contender, it has all it has all the makings to be a fight of the year contender. This, but by the way that you're talking, it's not going to last that long, and Lomachenko's going to bingo this kid quite early. I think. I th- listen, I think Walt. That's the only thing because Walters is a puncher and a big puncher. I just think that's bread and butter for Lomachenko. You know, I just think that that's the wrong kind of opponent. I don't think Lomachenko gets knocked out by somebody like that. You know, I think he gets outworked by somebody. I think he lose. You know, I think. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to beat Lomachenko. Mm. I think I think Walters lands as, lands a lottery punch and then we have a straight rematch anyway. Uh, or so you're I not mean, anticipating something like Salido Vargas from earlier on this year when they were just sat in the middle of the ring whacking the living daylights out of each other. You're not going to see that. No, because Lomachenko is too slick. Yeah, he, he doesn't fight with his face because he doesn't need to. He's too good on his. <laughs> he feet. doesn't fight with his face. That should be our sub. That should be the subtitle to everything that we do. He defends punches with his face. Exactly. Doesn't do he doesn't that. need to. He, he doesn't, doesn't fight with to. his face, man. Doesn't do that. Exactly. So what? that's what Walters wants. Walters wants a gun show. He wants them to stand in the middle and just go guns blazing. Yeah. I think what Lomachenko will do is he will stand there with his hands down. Walters will rush forward, loading up big shots. Lomachenko will step to the side and hit him with four. And that will go on until about seven or eight rounds. And I think by then, Walters is just going to be... Absolutely shot to bits. He's going to have been punched from pillar to post. He's going to have thrown everything he possibly had in his arsenal at Lomachenko and realised he just he just can't land on this kid. And I think Lomachenko could close the show. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Uh, once again, thank you very much for downloading our podcast. If you don't subscribe as of yet, please do so. You know, we, we provide three freebies every single week, two from the world of boxing, one from the world of UFC. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we just have a little bit of a crack. And the community is growing, so come and be a part of it. You yeah. can join 50, us. 50,000 downloads in eight months. 50,000 downloads in eight months. Thank you for listening. Absolutely. We're having a ball doing the show, and uh, tell your friends, man, we need more listeners. We want more. Come and join us on social media as well, at Fight Disciples, whether that be on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We are there. We continue the conversation during the fight, so you can come and have a bit of a crack with us and uh, enjoy the debate. And as I've said in previous shows this week, uh, there's a little bit of a treat for you. If you do subscribe to us, go to our website, fightdisciples.com, register there, put your name in, put your email address in, because we've got a pair of tickets to go and see Anthony Joshua, Eric Molina, in December, December the 10th in Manchester. Yes. Uh, we'll be drawing uh, somebody out at some point before that fight to send them up to Manchester for a little bit of a crack. So a little bit of a reward for you for rewarding us with the amount of downloads that you've provided us with over the last eight months so thank you very much for that go to fightdisciples.com for more information um, hopefully Nick will be in a great mood uh, yeah. next week after Lomachenko puts on a school if, if, if I'm on here next week like <laughs> crying crying like a baby you know you know the king's been beat you know he's been dethroned <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time thank you for listening if you like what you heard subscribe via iTunes <laughs>